right, welcome back to another episode of the Scoop. I'm joined again by Cole, Sam, and PJ. And we are officially one week out from the start of the NBA. And the uh, big news coming down from the NBA today was the Giannis extension. He officially signed the Supermax to stay with the Bucks. So for five more years after this year. And I want to get all your guys' thoughts on that. But I just quickly would like to say I think it's a big win for the NBA. Um, in a time where we see like stars always trying to team up and go into the big markets like LA or New York. Well, not really New York lately, but LA. Um, it's good to see a guy, a homegrown guy stay with his team in Milwaukee. So I'm, uh, I'm happy for the Bucks and I'm happy for Giannis, but I want to hear your guys' take on how that kind of impacts the league this year and uh, going forward. Yeah, so a thing that I think is looking over in this contract right now, breaking down the numbers, it's um, $228 um, over five years. And that's the highest paid contract a single player has received over that five-year span, which is incredible considering what are we hearing this offseason, Jake, PJ, and Sam? We, we kept hearing how the salary cap would have to change due to all the COVID restrictions and, and all the, the, the results and the, the drop in ratings and stuff like that. But if you're getting marquee numbers like this, I don't know where the indicators are coming out of. So now I'm really happy that Giannis is remaining a buck because, as Jake just mentioned, he's not going to one of those other um, – vacation destinations it seems for those players and I'm really happy he's going to try to make things happen in Milwaukee and uh, give them their second championship so I think this year they're supposed to have a really good roster you saw buy-in with Drew Holiday going over there a good perimeter defender and shooter uh, paired alongside um, uh, Chris Middleton so I, I think Giannis is going to run the east again this year but it's really going to come down to in the playoffs. And does he have that um, mentality to not only just take it to the paint three out of the four games, but four out of those four games have really put the team on his back and become just a perennial um, household name in championship lore and raising that Larry O'Brien trophy over his head. I think obviously it was a great move by the Bucks. Uh, I kind of saw it coming. I mean, Giannis, as you guys said, like, you know, he, he's, he's staying with the Bucks and it seems wait, like- Wait, wait, Jake, saying, let me just interrupt. You saw this coming? You, th- huh? you thought he actually was going to stay? Oh, I mean, <clears throat> I personally, I personally thought that like he was always going to stay. He, I mean, he, he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, he's not really money motivated. Obviously he's like really humble person coming from, uh, you know, poor up upbringing. Um, and I mean, he, he's the kind of guy that, you know, I'm, he's just, he just wants to win. And I don't know. He, for, to me, I just, I think he's always going to be a buck. Um, I, I mean, for the next five years, obviously. I mean, after that, who knows, depending mm-hmm. on how successful things things turn out. But yeah, so I think great move. And for the as far as the East and the competitiveness of it, um, obviously it's great. You know, I, I it's a really a toss up to who's going to come out in the East. Uh, I still think it's going to be the Nets, um, as I said last episode. But yeah, it's it's going to be an awesome season. I'm like super excited for it. Yeah, and I think Sam brought up a valuable point in the beginning part of his argument there in his initial statement. Um, I really didn't see Giannis actually staying in Milwaukee. I thought he had one step in the door going down to South Beach. But um, PJ, what did you think about that? For me, basically, like, well, coming into the season, the whole narrative was that he was frustrated with the team. This is obviously before the uh, acquisition of Drew Holiday and obviously the down, the downfalling of the trade for Bogdanovich. And sorry, the sending of Bogdanovich. And so uh, the whole narrative was basically people saying that, oh, he's not a winner. And that like, it's basically, this is basically going to fizzle out. He's going to go to like a big market team like Miami, like Los Angeles. And now since he signed this, people are pretty much going to say, oh, like 
he he just collecting money. He's not gonna win. He's gonna be the next like Charles Barkley slash Karl Malone. Mm. And I personally don't see that. Giannis just came off the season where he's I believe he's the third player ever to win a back to back MVP. Sorry, he won an MVP and he won the Defensive Player of the Year. Also mm. coming off his back to back MVP uh, year. So uh, also this is a big W in my opinion for small market teams. Usually, I don't think, I don't think we've ever seen like a player this caliber basically. Because usually, like in the mix, like it's 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 like I said before, it's teams wanting to go. Sorry, it's players wanting to go to an LA or Miami, or like in some cases Boston, even though it doesn't that doesn't work out very well. But <laughs> uh, I, I think that is definitely a big W for small market teams out of anyone's caliber, showing that anyone could really go to you. So, mm. but I don't. I I hope the best for Giannis uh, and all that. I do still feel like he'll be bested sometimes, but. We're witnessing greatness in history, and we'll see how it goes from now on. Yeah, so another player here, our disgruntled employee, probably the biggest disgruntled employee going on right now in the NBA is James Harding. And uh, as it comes into the first preseason game for the Houston Rockets tonight, he's looking a little bit overweight. He's looking a little bit round around the waist. As Multiple things have been coming out of reports being him not being bought into this year at all and different things that he used to do with the team and how they used to held them hostage before they could leave a certain city and just going on his own agenda. It's wild to think that he's kind of forcing his way out of Houston. Cause let me just break this down for you guys here. He comes over to Houston. He gets paid a ton of money after the trade from um, Oklahoma city thunder. He becomes one of the best scorers, not only right now in the NBA, but in NBA history, the guy can drop points whenever you need it. Incredible, incredible scoring pro, um, prof, uh, proficiency from him. Beyond that, he asked to get another star around him. So you get Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, Definitely does not work out. Then beyond that, you get Chris Paul. Chris Paul then is signed for an astronomical amount of money. The guy's about to get paid nearly $40 million this upcoming season for the Phoenix Suns. Then you ship him off again, and you basically sell the whole farm. You sell basically everything you've worked so hard for, and you get rid of Daryl Morley in the process. Well, let me lead up to that. But then you get Russell Westbrook last year. A good buddy of James Harding, Russell Westbrook, sees right through of what James Harding has become in Houston, does not like the situation in there, and proceeds into the playoffs where it just becomes absolute joke of what Houston can be. So now uh, Russell Westbrook is, is gone, too. They traded him, and now they're faced with the, with the difficulty of James Harding demanding a trade, too, after he just did the whole scorched earth tactic in Houston. So very scary stuff going on there if you're a Houston Rockets fan because your team is in shambles. You were basically a game away, not only like two years ago, from reaching the finals and probably winning in the finals um, just because of it, um, a Chris Paul uh, pulled hamstring. So very discouraging on that point of it. Going forward, I, I don't think you can really play your hand any further with James Harding. I think he's that type of character is when he's made up his mind, he's made up his mind. So Jake, the question for you is this. Where do you see James Harding landing and does he have any chance of staying in Houston? Long term, no, because I think, I think it's better for both teams. I think obviously Harden wants out. He wants a chance to compete for a title, not just be a playoff team, which I think he'd have a better chance to do elsewhere. But also for the Rockets, um, you never want to lose a star player, especially a top 10, maybe top five player. But in their case, they, they've tried everything with him. They've tried him with an elite big man with Howard. It didn't work. They tried two different point guards, um, both of which Harden like personally like sought out. Like He wanted to play with CP3. They got a mm-hmm. son with the Clippers. Then he was done with CP3, so they went out and got his former teammate and buddy Westbrook. It didn't work. So they've tried a lot of a lot of things with him. So I don't know that it's the worst idea for them to try and just reset. But it can't be like for pennies on the dollar. Like like the some of the mock trades I'm seeing, like with the Nets, like 
it like it, like there, you can't trade like like everyone keeps saying like four quarters for a dollar like Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and then like a bunch of late first round picks because obviously the Nets are going to be good the next few years. That's not really enough. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons is probably the best player they can get from any team. Um, like as far as just a straight up player, if that's the route they want to go, because you keep hearing they want an established player. And I don't think any of the teams mentioned, they've, they've mentioned that he'd be willing to go to the Heat. I don't know who the Heat have um, that's better than Simmons unless they're trading Bam, which I don't see them doing that. Uh, he's mentioned, I think he added the Bucks to the list, but same thing. I don't know a young player uh, better than Ben Simmons on any of these teams. So I think he'd fit good there. You know, Daryl Morey and him obviously had a good relationship. Um, but it's a kind of a matter of whether the Sixers want to give up Simmons, which early on in trade talks, they, they've uh, the, the rumors are that they don't want to. But the Rockets are in a rush. I think they should trade him before next year, but they don't have to do it before the season. They have till the trade le- deadline to do it. So it's a matter of who can do the best deal. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess it, it, I guess it depends. Do the Sixers kind of want to go with Embiid, who's often hurt, and Harden, who's never got it done in the playoffs as like their dynamic duo or not? PJ, what do you think the answer is to that question? Do you think James Harden remains a Houston Rocket, and how would they go forward? Does he get traded? What is it? I don't think it's more of him getting traded. I like going back to what we saw uh, two years ago with Nathan Davis when he was on New Orleans. We could see something like that. If potentially him just sitting out and with, withholding the whole season, mm. uh, and maybe ended up him getting uh, basically kicked out for forcing a trade, like uh, someone just said. But uh, honestly, we, we really don't know. Like going into the season, we knew that there was some disgruntlement, and then that that uh, led to Westbrook getting traded, and then that's when Hardens came out saying that he wants to be traded, and then they brought on Wall, and Woj just dropped another Woj bomb saying that he, this is they're having no leverage on leverage on Harden right now, mm. and he wants completely out. So. If, I, if I'm John Wall, I, it might be a little awkward between, if I'm standing alone in the locker room with James Harden. Obviously, social distancing because of the new rules. <laughs> but definitely definitely, definitely a weird situation because Harden is such, a, is, is such a, like, a great player in the league, but we never really put the blame on him. And so I feel like if nothing really happens, I feel like he's going to get a lot of backlash towards him because of what he's doing. Yeah, I, I think you hit a key point there. He doesn't get a lot of blame. And I think a lot of that blame is going to start landing on him because as a player, he always would put up spectacular numbers. And from an attitude wise, he'd always be pretty passive. Like he'd never really be aggressive or taunting or do anything in flamboyant and that aspect of it. So what we saw was just a guy who would average close to 30 points a game, uh, almost 10 assists. And would just be a grit and grind type guy. At least that's who it perceived as. But in the locker room style of things, it was a, just a completely different beast, you know? So it's interesting that we're getting a different look at it from an NBA standpoint where he, he all intents and purposes for an NBA star of his caliber, he's kept a pretty low profile up until now when all of this stuff is coming down on him after they see the whole paper trail leading back to him and not anyone else around him. So it is an interesting aspect going down in Houston. My personal thoughts is that he will be landing in possibly the 76ers if they want to get the best player in Ben Simmons, as Jake just mentioned. But I think if they want to get the best return in, in form of draft picks and kind of restocking the farm, an interesting place that I've heard knocked around, but not that many people have been placing on there, and the ownership really wants a star player, would be the Chicago Bulls. They have a plethora of picks. They have a few young guys in there that they could throw in, uh, Jacoby White, um, and a few other guys in there that uh, I messed up that guy's name. What's his name there? 
No, it's Kobe White. Kobe White. White. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, UNC product, but he's not that good of a player, but they do have a lot of picks in, in, um, in Chicago and it is a big town for James Harden and try to maybe reinvent his brand as it seems to have taken a huge blemish here. So that's kind of my big takeaway of what DJ and Cole, you both talked about like kind of the public view of him shifting. I think it's because of like how like blatantly like disrespectful he's been to the whole Houston fan base. Like not only he's sitting out or like, like asking for a trip. It's the fact, first of all, this he's not reporting to training camp and he's, he's publicly like partying, like with little baby, like he's acting. <laughs> I'm just like he's doing that but he's also he's doing it during a pandemic where the nba said for any player regardless like trade or no trade that's besides the point no one's supposed to like be at a place like that like there's a short amount of restaurants they're allowed to go to so while john wall's like kind of like getting his uh like his, his foot in the door with his new team and the rockets are uh getting introduced to a new coach their leader and former mvp is not only not there he's just publicly like posting on Instagram or allowing other people to post on Instagram him at parties, literally while the team is beginning practice. And I think that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, which I get it. Even if he's going to do it, it's not the way to go about it. And people are forgetting that D'Antoni's gone. You know, the guy that's kind of shielded Harding from all this negative ridicule from him and let him kind of run his own show down there. That's, that's gone. You know, even Daryl Morley for that matter too. You want to know, you want to know what this reminds me of? This is kind of giving me uh Antonio, Antonio Brown vibes. Looking at the, I didn't even think about that, Jake, but like looking at the, like the COVID side of things, like it's just selfish. Like he, he was with, he was practicing with the guys like less than a week later. Right. And I think he's, he tipped off either last night or tonight, whenever they're playing um, for preseason. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what's going on. Obviously he's not happy. Um, So he's definitely going Cole, I, I don't know about the bulls. Um, I obviously Harden would, I'm assume have some kind of saying where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I, I, at this point in his career, he's like, he's like a quiet 31 or 32, I think maybe, maybe well, actually 30. He's there. Yeah. He's 30. So the, at this point in anyone's career, especially with that caliber of talent, he, I would assume he would want to, you know, be on a championship contending team. So I, I don't know about the Bulls. Obviously, the only reason you, why I say the Bulls is from my aspect of it right now and what he's showed in the past couple of months is that he doesn't care about championships anymore and the way he conducts himself. But that very well could just be a product of his environment. So yeah. I just tossed out the Bulls as being a, a place that could give up a lot of assets. Yeah, what, yeah, from an organizational be, standpoint. Yeah. What would be like if everyone had to predict where, not by the season, the season's a week from now, so that's tough, but like by trade deadline, where would, where would you guys guess that he is? what makes most sense and what you touched upon Jake and you guys as well um, is just the 76ers. Um, I mean, Ben Simmons would probably be pissed because him and him and Joel have a little like thing going on. Um, But yeah, I I would, I would have to say 76ers. So have to uh, respond by saying also Philadelphia, but like another, another, another that that was put upon it was uh, the Warriors. I don't know. Wojnarowski basically said that the Warriors have have enough draft assets and trade value to get Harden. I personally don't see it. I don't know how they would unless they get rid of like Draymond Green, who was a big contract, Ubre, who they just uh, got to the team, and some draft draft picks. I would have to go with Philadelphia. It only makes it only makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake hit on it in a, earlier in the episode. It's all it comes down to leverage and. Jake hinted towards the fact that he could still very well be in a Houston uniform cup trade deadline. And so beyond Houston being the number one, I would have to go Philly as well. It just comes down to the product of, again, Doc 
get the most out of him? And does Daryl Morley still can can Daryl Morley still make him hit that high gear? So I think that can wrap up our Houston Rockets conversation about the the quagmire that organization has found themselves in. Uh, let's get on to the next topic here in the show. Here we want to delve into the ESPN top 100 selections. This is a little bit of um, a lookout onto the players for the 2020 uh, 2020-2021 season. And the top 100 players, there's some ludicrous choices on what players have landed up. Um, on the tip of the iceberg here, Marcus Smart is on the number 37 spot. So that's a bit suspect. We also have a few other selections in there. So let's get it going here. Jake, do you want to start us off? You know, like you said, there's a lot of guys that go both too high and too low. But one person that just stuck out to me, and I, I think I might be not by myself, but in the minority on this, I think Paul George is too low at 20. The playoffs definitely left like a bad taste in people's mouth. And he hasn't really had that much success in playoffs in general since his Pacers days. But this is a guy who less than two years ago was an MVP finalist. He was a defensive player of the year finalist. Um, He's a really good like spot up shooter. He can create offense for himself. And I just think some of the guys in front, I mean, the guy directly in front of him, I don't think should be. I mean, Zion's played what? Less than half of an NBA season. Mm -hmm. I don't earn that yet. And as much as like Zion makes highlights, he's not a good defender yet. Like he, he's kind of like in between two positions, like size-wise. He's not quick enough to guard like threes, but he's not really – he's got the strength, but just like height-wise, he's not big enough to guard like big men. So he's kind of stuck in between. I don't think he should be in front of Paul George. And um, so him and him and Westbrook, I think, those are two guys I think a lot of people are down on lately just because of playoff performance and like narratives around them, but – I don't think Westbrook's the 36th best player in the game. I think he should be higher than that. So those are two guys I just think um, deserve a little more respect. But um, I don't know if you guys agree with me or if you guys find different people that should be higher. So the Paul George one is an interesting point. One name that dropped off the list for me right here is that the number 65 spot is Blake Griffin. Yes, Blake Griffin is below Kevin Love and um, right above Serge Ibaka. So that is an interesting, interesting little tidbit there. And he's also the highest ranked Detroit Piston. Um, so Detroit doesn't have anyone better than the 65 spot on their team. I don't really think that. I think Blake Griffin deserves a little bit more respect, especially out of what he's accumulated in the past. He at least should be higher than Lonzo Ball at 54. Um, yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. So I, I just think that he deserves a little bit more love in that respect of it. But that was a player that jumped off the page for me. Yeah, for uh, for me, looking at DeMar DeRozan, he even commented on it. I, I can't remember what he said on social media, but he's at 82. And I just I just think you, you there, there's just no way like TJ Warren at 63. I mean, he had his little burst and he did. He played all right um, last year, but I just think you need way DeMar needs way more respect on his name um, mm-hmm. to have people. I mean, Tyler Hero, he did. He's a rookie and he played great. Um and honestly, I think Tyler Hero is at 59 right now. And I think by the end of the season, he will maybe be uh, in the 40s, like um, upper 40s. But yeah, DeMar DeRozan stuck out uh, for me. Definitely, he needs to be at least in the 50s. Like, <laughs> he's he's much better player than that. Yeah, he's better than Robert Covington. And Robert Covington's at 60. Yeah, for sure. There's And yeah, like you said, Cole, like Lonzo Ball has no no way of being in 54 there's just absolutely no way he should be there yeah you guys got it down pretty good basically what i was gonna say uh the lonzo and tyler hero hype is insane i don't think that 
Alonzo is better than Zach Levine. I don't think he's better than Montrez Harrell. I for sure don't think he's better than DeMar DeRozan, averaging almost 23 points a game. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't think Alonzo averaged more than 12. You're not, not even including his turnover stats. <laughs> I don't think he's better than Buddy Heald. I don't think he's better than John Wall now. Yep. But, yeah, the, going to that, I, I, I think we pretty much know that Alonzo Ball shouldn't be that high. Uh, another thing, uh, Zion Williamson, I'm just going to say it. I think his potential was through the roof, but for a player that I don't think he's played over 30 games, mm-hmm. and the, you're saying that he's going to be the 19th best player by the end of the next year, <laughs> I'm not buying it. And not to mention, say, John Morant got is 31 right now. It seems like a lot of recency bias. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Well, like, okay. So if you're doing, if if you if you're going based on like potential, then you got to put Jamal Murray in the top uh, top 20. Mm. Yeah, he's 21. But, but if you're going based off like just like hype and like because because they put Tyler Harrow in here because he scored 33 points in a playoff I mean, game, why not put Jamal Murray in the top 20? I mean, I guess to give Zion, I mean, you can't really compare like the potential caps between Zion and Jamal. I mean, Zion is just looking at him physique wise and the whole package. He's just like a different beast. He could very well be 20 a year from now. He could be top five three years from now. But like right now. Is he top 20 player? I think that's like if you look so about like right behind him, what some of these guys have accomplished. Bradley Bale averaged over 30 points a game last year. Should he be behind Zion? Like, I, I just think they're giving Zion a lot of credit for what he could become. Like, yeah. in terms of right now, like, there's no way he's more valuable to a team than Bradley Bale. Yeah. Let, let me let me pose this question to you guys. Right now, um, Gordon Hayward is ranked at the 45 spot. Would you rather have DeMar DeRozan or Gordon Hayward? Oh, that's tough. It really depends on your scheme because Gordon, yeah. Gordon Hayward is more of like the facilitating, mm-hmm. inconsistent, frustrating player yeah. from what I've watched for the last three years. But mm-hmm. if you go to the other side, you get DeMar DeRozan, who's more in the wrong era. Mm. He's kind of like a budget athletic wing who can only shoot mid-ranges and cannot shoot three-pointers. So it really depends on what you're looking for. But I personally would like would want DeMar DeRozan was on the first team all NBA. Sorry, second team all NBA with like three years ago, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Sam, uh, I mean, I it, like PJ said. I really think like it depends on like kind of what team you're looking at and what team you're kind of piecing it together with. Um, but I think I think Demar would deserve to have um, you know that that the flip. I think I think Demar's a better player than. Um, Gordon I mean you know Gordon the past three years I mean it's biased like he was on the Celtics um but I just wasn't impressed with what he did um and so in that aspect I think DeMar is a much better player yeah I I think you guys both make good arguments for DeMar DeRozan being the better player regardless of it he's he's no way um Gordon Hayward is not 40 players better than uh than DeMar DeRozan so that's that's just the fact there so I, I think that can wrap up our conversation on the ESPN Top 100. If you want to get into the bigger conversation, check us out at quick.takes on Instagram. We'll be doing a post here. If you got any suspect players on the uh, Top 100 list, you want to continue the conversations, be sure to check us out on the Instagram page and also slide into the DMs and we can entertain the conversation and we can bring up the next show. Anyways, let's get back into some bread and butter content here. We're going to hop into some NBA trivia. I know PJ has been uh, cooking up some good trivia in the off season here. Do you want to start us off PJ? All right, sure. So going after the big man himself, who's broken many records and is one of the greatest big men we've ever seen in our history. 
What college did Simbular play for? Is it <laughs> A? What? Is it sorry? Is it A New Mexico State? B Baylor or C Bridgewater State University? <laughs> it's New Mexico State, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be New Mexico. Simbular. Yeah, he's a Canadian basketball player now. No, is he? Right? Oh, he is. I think. Wow. I'm I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. To, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'll go New Mexico as well. Yeah. You, you uh, go they had both No, I'm sorry. He's from Canada. He does not play in Canada. He's from Canada. I got that what? confused in my head. How does he know? He no. He's like he's like from like. Uh, India. Or I something. think he's from. Well, I think he was. I, bo- I think he's Indian. Like no, like, he says. I'm looking born. at the Wikipedia right now. It says he was born in Toronto, Canada. Oh, I don't know. Wait. He was. But <laughs> listen to this. He's seven five, three sixty with a eight two wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he cannot move. Like he can't yeah. move. Though. I mean, that's why he's never made. Never barely played in the NBA. Even though seven five. Imagine, imagine uh, him going against Big Daddy V. It's like a. <laughs> Uh, create create like show. an atomic bomb reaction. Um, I'll, 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 go, I'll go next. Um, going off a, uh, another big man. I don't think he's as good as uh, Simbular was in his prime, but uh, we know that Wilt Chamberlain played for the Globetrotters. Uh, do you guys know the reason why, though, that he did that? Uh, um, I, like, read this somewhere. I do not. But, uh, yeah, didn't you want to – all right, didn't you, uh, this is totally random. Didn't you want to become a dribbler? Become a what? Like, didn't he want better handles or something? Uh, no, he, um, after his junior year at Kansas, he wanted to go to the NBA. Like, he was bored of college, but they had a rule at the time. You had to be a graduate before you could enter the NBA. Mm. So, left and played professionally with the Globetrotters for a year and then went to the NBA. Wow. Uh, more you know. Wow. More I thought he did that after his career. That's crazy. He did it, like, right before he became one of the one of the best players. <laughs> yeah. <ever. laughs> That's actually crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, so who has the most missed shots in NBA history? I'm going to say Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, it's Kobe. He has uh, he has 14,481. And then to put it in perspective of like how many that is, the person in second place is John Havlicek, and he has like – it was like over 1,000 less. It was like 13,000-something. Like Kobe was a killer. He was like, dude, yeah. screw this. In the like, mid-2000s, I'm... it was him and like nothing else. Mush Parker, Kwame Brown. Oh, yeah. So he's chucking up a lot of shots. Speck of dust. This is my question here. This is going to be a throwback to the 2009 NBA draft. Yes, that was the draft that we mentioned earlier that Blake Griffin was a part of. It was also a terrible draft beyond that first pick. Which team drafted Jordan Hill with the eighth overall pick? It's in the East. I'll give you a hint. It is in the I mean, East. I know we played for the Knicks, so I'm going to guess that's who drafted him. I'm pretty sure. The, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Knicks drafted him at number eight. Uh, PJ and Jake, you're both correct. It was the New York <laughs> Knicks. Um, there's a great, I don't know if you guys can watch it and people listening to it can watch it as well. Um, they did uh, an insight into Jordan Hill's uh, illustrious career and like his draft night stuff. And it's absolutely hilarious watching it in hindsight because the guy is an absolute nobody and practically one of the biggest minuses the Knicks have drafted in the past, um, I guess that'd be 11 years. And that's saying a lot. So 
Yeah, that's an, an interesting little tidbit on the uh, Jordan Hill. I don't know. Is he even in the league now? I don't even know. I don't. I I don't. I think he's been out of the league since like 2015 when he was on the Lakers. I know he was on like the the, the B League Lakers teams. I know that. <laughs> yeah, like Jeremy Lin and uh, oh. I don't even know. Who yeah. Robert Secre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Contavious Codwell Pope when he was still like playing prison ball and then uh, yeah, he was, he was on house arrest. He was on yeah. <laughs> I no, I thought he wasn't even on house arrest. I thought he was no, he was he was in prison. Yeah, he, he was would... in prison and then he <laughs> yeah. left. He, he, dude, he literally had an ankle monitor. He had the sure. bracelet on. Yeah, he had the, yeah. Ankle, the ankle bracelet uh, on. It's absurd, dude. Uh, we have a few more minutes here before we can wrap up the show. I just want to get your guys' comments on some of the uh, most recent uh, NBA side action going on here. Uh, NBA slam dunk champion uh, Nate Robinson recently found himself in the boxing ring with uh, Jake Paul. Um, I, I want to get you guys' uh, aspect on it. And if you were to have any player in the NBA right now to uh, to be the, the shining star uh, NBA player slash uh, professional boxer, who do you think would be the best boxer in the NBA? Boxer, not facing Jake Paul, just like no, just a regular boxer. Best. Like you, there's throughout the whole NBA, you want this guy to be uh, the boxer. Like pound for pound, like. Yeah, you want this right. guy. Who is it? All right, yeah. Um, it's a tough one because there's a, there's a lot of barkers, but, you know, mm. there's only there's only so many that bite. Yep. You know, I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna put my money on uh, on this dog right here. He's a uh, he's a hound, dude. I'm I'm putting on Marcus Smart. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go for a bigger hound. I'm gonna go pre Achilles to Marcus Cousins. Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I was thinking that because you got like he's seven feet tall, just like a built like a house, and like he, he's tough. Um, but I feel like this one's obvious. Um. I would say James Johnson. Isn't he a black belt or a martial arts master? Oh yeah, James Johnson's a beast. Right, that, that's right. kind of cheating yeah, now. Like MMA. I guess that I guess that one shouldn't count because he's actually like a professional at that. Um, if I had to choose, I guess this guy isn't even a uh, current player, but I forget it. It was either Damian Lillard or Devin Mitchell. Someone talked about getting uh, Ron Artest in the ring with mm. uh, Paul to better represent mm. after or, Nate. Or how about Roy Rage? Oh, yeah. um, Roid Rage, uh, why am I forgetting the uh, Ben Wallace? Oh, oh, that might be the best one. Uh, I was, another one that on. came to my mind pretty quickly was um, well, uh, never mind. No, Ben Wallace would be an all time pick there. And uh, I was thinking of why am I forgetting the Oklahoma City Thunder Center there? That's huge. Oh, Steven Adams, Steven Adams, Steven Adams would be a situation in the ring, yeah, at the heavyweight division, absolutely massive. Yeah, I've, I've heard, like, so many different players talk about, like, how shockingly strong Steven Adams is. Like, even Zion said it recently. He was like, yeah, I saw that. I thought I was strong. And then um, I, I, I practiced with Steven Adams, and I, I no longer think I'm strong. <laughs> I mean, like, he he's a big guy, but he doesn't look – like, he doesn't he doesn't have, like, a fatigue, like um... – or physique like Carl Malone or something like that. Like he's just like he, he's just like a big body guy, but I wouldn't think he'd be like that. That you know he's only twenty seven. I don't think I think that's like the most. Stephen like, Adams like, is twenty seven. Yeah, he's only twenty seven years old. What the hell? Quite the transformation since he uh, yeah in the league first came in the league. It's it's crazy when you think of Stephen Adams. There's one play that I was watching, and like he was standing underneath the basket, and like he was getting into a scruff with like some guy he's like the guy he's getting in a scruff with was like a six eight 
230 pound man, like an absolutely massive dude. And like, he tried to push Adams instead of pushing Adams, he pushed himself away from Adams. Himself like he was, a, <laughs> like, it's like, you're like right next to a wall and he pushed yourself as hard as you can. You're going to be pushing yourself backwards, obviously. So it was hilarious just to see a guy at uh, the six, eight, 230 pounds throwing himself away from Steven Adams like that. Like, it's ridiculous. The other thing about Adams is I feel like people underestimate him because he's one of like the nicest guys in the league. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen video, I forget who it was, like someone bit on one of his pump fakes and like went flying over Adams. Like and instead of taking the and one, he like put his arms out. Oh, he, he him grabbed him. him. Also, the picks that he sets, he sets some mean picks. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Caught by Adam's screen. There's but, one. There's one specific video or clip that I saw of uh, maybe what you guys know it's like of it might have been like Damian Lillard who yes. was just like running up court and he just got absolutely slammed at like the half court line by uh, like a Adams pick yeah well, I know, yeah, Pat, just, I know Pat Beverly did Pat Beverly got like literally like obliterated on one of them I saw one it was hilarious it was Alfred Payton when he had that weird haircut that looks like he was wearing a baseball hat <laughs> first time in his career he decided to play some full court defense to lay the clamps on, um, I think it was Russell Westbrook <laughs> at the time, and Stephen Adams just stood like three feet inside a uh, half court, and uh, Alfred Payton like went flying into like the scoreboards table, like to the side. <laughs> oh, my but yeah, I, think the screen. I, I think a funny Zion one. And Adams. I think a funny one would be watching um, Chris Paul versus Pat Beverly in the ring. Chris Paul would probably um, would oh, last yeah. thirty seconds. <laughs> you don't think so? Mm-mm. Uh, well, I count CP3 out. Wow. So yeah, notice he how is, I said he wouldn't last. He wouldn't last thirty seconds, and that's because the fight would be called off because um, uh, just a, a penalty, too many pen- accrued penalties from um, Pat Beverly, like scratching out his eyes or doing something dirty. <laughs> yeah, like foaming out the <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop the fight. He, he would, he would start. <laughs> he would start like biting the uh, the rings on the outside of it. He, would, <laughs> he starts like, him on all fours. <laughs> All right. All right. That thus concludes this episode of the Hoop Scoop. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We got lots of other episodes up on the Quick Takes Podcast Network. Make sure to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Catch you guys next week. Bye.